Welcome everyone to Monday Motivations with that motivational guy, Tony Canavero. Hey, that's me. Every Monday I'm bringing you motivation, mindset, training, book reviews, powerful guests, and sometimes some randomness from my entirely too many hobbies. Uh, for show notes, head on over to thatmotivationalguy.com slash podcast. There might even be some free gifts around there if you look around. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and make sure you get your regular Monday dose of motivation. Now, let's do this. Hey, everybody. Welcome to That Motivational Guy podcast. Uh, I am really excited today. I've got a gentleman here with me that we're going to, I'm going to introduce him in a second, um, but uh, we met on an app on your phone, not that app, a different app, uh, an app. <laughs> uh, it's an app called Shaper, which is, is, a, is another way to, to network online and social media wise and stuff like that. We connected there. Uh, turns out we know some of the same people and we had a really good chat, uh, had a Zoom meeting to kind of get to know each other a little bit and see how we can help each other out. <clears throat> and he's got a great story and I'm super excited to have him on today uh, for my listeners to be able to learn from his experiences. So I've got with me today, Wes Kowalczyk. Did I say your last name right, Wes? Absolutely. You did. Perfect. Welcome to the show, Wes. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here, Tony. I'm really, uh, really excited about being able to share my story with your audience and, and hope, hope to help them in some way, shape or form. Well, I think that for sure you're going to have something that people are going to get out of it. <clears throat> and now my voice has decided to have scratches in it, but that's okay. We just go with the flow around here, right? <clears throat> there we go. So Wes is a serial entrepreneur, which is an interesting term. When you think about serial entrepreneur, it means that um, much like me, you've, you've run your face into uh, into challenges and, and fell down a few times, bloodied your nose a few times, got back up and decided to run your face back into another wall until you figured it out and, and kind of punched through. But, um, you know, he's definitely got years of experience that he brings to the table and that's what he's here to, to teach us and to hopefully teach his clients and, and his associates about as well. So Wes, I know your background kind of starts, um, in the armed forces, if, if I remember correctly. So tell me a little bit about that journey. Cause I've had two other vets on my show so far as tell me about the journey from the military to entrepreneurship. Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if there is a, is an easy bridge there. I mean, there was a lot of different things that I did, but I mean, I, I joined the, uh, I was in cadets when I was young, I started air cadets. I wanted to be a fighter pilot of all things when I was a young, young lad. And, and, uh, anytime a plane was flying over, I was, I was up in the air looking at, um, if I remember it, one of my favorite comic books back then was a comic called the Blackhawks. And, uh, I found this old football helmet that my dad had and a, and a gas mask, oxygen mask from somewhere. And he had a flight suit. And so I would climb up on the roof of the house and, you know, imitate that I was having to eject and bail out of the airplane. Right. So I'd jump off the roof of the house well, I, I distinctly remember the first time doing it, the landing was way harder than I expected it to be, <laughs> right? Um, so I learned a lot of lessons. And I mean, I started at the very early age of, you know, hey, when you jump off the roof, do not go limp because <laughs> it hurts when your knees hit you in the face. And so, you know, fast forward a whole bunch, uh, got into cadets, uh, loved it, um, made some bad choices because they wanted me to go down the road of leadership because I was... I was like a 
you know, I was a born leader, I think is, is what they were trying to tell me. And I didn't want to do the leadership thing. I want to do the flying thing. Right. So, uh, I, I wanted to get into the flight school and they wouldn't let me. So I made some bad choices, ultimately picked out of cats when I was 16. And, uh, then I, I would say, I, I don't know if I learned from that lesson, but I did carry a really deep grudge that I carried with me actually right up until two years ago when I was working with a life coach and I'll tell you that story in a bit, but uh, joined the army and they said, what do you have to say for yourself when they were going through the disciplinary action with me and cadets? And I said, well, look, I'm going to be 17 in a month. Give me my file. I'm out of here. You guys suck. And I left, joined the army and uh, did four years, four and a half years with the reserves in Kelowna, which is an armored regiment. So we do uh, light reconnaissance and, and tank maneuvers, right? So it was, it was fun. I mean, you give a kid that's got an affinity for guns and he gets a chance to blow shit up. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I learned a lot of lessons, learned some good stuff with discipline and everything along with that. But to be honest, I think when I turned 17, that was really where uh, getting into the army is where my alcoholism took off in a really, really bad direction. Um, and so I've been an alcoholic for a long, long time. And that was probably what allowed it to kick off into overdrive. And if we look at the statistics, you know, I would, uh, I'm just trying to remember what the statistics were, but they're the ones I've got are old, you know, from probably about five or six years ago, but, uh, you know, there's 70% of, of our service members are alcoholics and that's a very high rate. And it's, and it's cause it's a stress induced environment, right? So going from that to entrepreneurship, there wasn't any real traditional, you know, route or path. You know, it was just, I went from there, got out, got tired of being, uh, being wearing green and, and having to get up in the morning and all that fun stuff that goes with being in the army. And I was offered an opportunity to go work in the oil patch in Alberta. So I did, I jumped at it and I got bit by the oil patch and I've been out here ever since. Uh, that was 85. I think I left Kelowna. Wow. It's a long time ago. And, and when I look at how I went from working in the oil patch to becoming an entrepreneur, you know, it was, I don't know if, like I said, there wasn't any real clear path, but there was a lot of lessons that I learned along the way. And, the biggest one was my drinking mm. and I learned some hard lessons with that. That didn't really, didn't really help me to become an entrepreneur, but it mm. did help me to start reading positive thinking books. And when I had to quit drinking the first time, you know, I look back at, you know, I'm, there's a reason why I'm bald. <laughs> <laughs> I don't learn lessons really well. Um, I, you know, God has used many four by fours upside my head to make me take notice there's and, the uh, there's the old saying that you never fail one of God's tests. You just get to keep taking it. That's right. <laughs> right. So I got um, I come home from work one day and I was probably already three quarters of the way into a bottle of whiskey. And my wife had the two our two kids at the time packed into the car. The two little girls were were not very old. I think probably four or two. And I asked her where she's go where she was going, and she goes, "Well, I'm going back home to see my mom." So she packed up drove up the driveway and as she's driving out the driveway she goes and by the way i'm not coming home till you quit and i go what do you mean quit right and back then we didn't have cell phones so mm -hmm. i waited 14 hours for her to drive all the way to her mom's in Kelowna, and i picked up the phone after i got another bottle of whiskey into me and I was, right 
That was not a good conversation. And she blatantly said, you quit drinking, I'm not coming home. So I had to make a choice, lose my family right there or, you know, change some things in my life. So I quit drinking the first time after I read a book by Dennis Whaley. Um, it was called The Psychology of Winning. Mm -hmm. I, I think it was probably, it's probably not the best book written about, you know, winning and stuff, but it's one that I needed to read at the time because Dennis Whaley was next fighter pilot and that was one of my dreams. Mm -hmm. And so I related to him big time. And so I quit drinking and smoking the same day. Wow. I didn't have a program. I just put the cork in it and walked away. And I did that for seven years. But that started me down the path of reading positive thinking books. You know, like Thinking Think and Grow Rich by Norman Vincent Peale was the second big book I read on positive thinking. I had a hard time reading that. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. My comprehension, I would like, I like to think I'm good at it now, but I, Honestly, if I had a weakness, it's reading. My weakest right. skill is reading and understanding the concepts that I'm trying to read. Because for me to learn, I got to force myself to do it. Mm -hmm. So to read this book, I'd read the page and I wouldn't understand what I read. So I'd read it again. And I ended up having to rip that book into several pages. Like I'd take four pages out at a time, mm -hmm. put it in my lunchbox and go to work. And then I'd read that, those pages all lunch hour. Till I knew, till I understood what that four pages was trying to tell me what I was doing. I, I got to jump in there for one second. <clears throat> so ton of stuff there in that, in that, in that story. And you're going to unpack some stuff and there's some stuff I want to dig into more deeply, but there's one thing that just hit me. What was it in you at the time that motivated you enough? You're, you're in, you're, you're talking about lunch bail. So you're blue collar working on the rig at some way, shape or form at that yeah. time to take out four pages of Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, which is written in 1929 vernacular. It is not an easy read, but it is yeah. a must read yeah. and read those pages over and over again until you got it. Because now, and I'm going to ask you another question. Did you read it around your coworkers? No, no, I did not. Um, so, so my coworker, um, my boss, my supervisor was an alcoholic. And so when I quit drinking, actually things got so ugly in that work environment that I had to leave because right. he was, instead of being best friends, like we were, we were drinking buddies. We went from opposite ends. Like he hated me because now he didn't have a drinking buddy. Right. Yeah. And, and it got really, really ugly in the, in the workforce. Right. So for me to, to read that book and change my thinking, Right, was totally new for me, and I realized that I realized, and it was probably maybe ten years before that I, I'd been given a book called Common Sense, and it was about investing and 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 using um, um, mutual funds to to leverage the growth in your in your retirement package and stuff like that. And there was a lot of good things written in that book about you know working for someone else isn't necessarily the right answer. And so it kind of planted a seed. And because of my alcoholism, it took me a lot of years to get to the harvest of that seed. But when I started reading books like, you know, Think and Grow Rich, um, The Power of Thinking Big, mm -hmm. and, and there's a big, long list that I've read since then. You know, I've got my bookshelf's not in my office here. It's downstairs in the living room. But it's huge. Of You know, probably, I don't know, in the last 25 years, I would like to think I've read at least, you know, 50, 60, 70 books on business that are really, really good to grow. I mean, one of the best books I've read recently 
is uh, Napoleon Hill's Outwitting the Devil. Oh yeah, fantastic. Right, and and so that's. I mean, I, I'm a big. I like to. I like to think I'm a big reader, but I have to force myself to read. Right, and so going through that journey, it planted the seed that I needed to do something. So from the time I quit drinking till the time I actually started my first real business in 2002 where we actually started making sales and we're, we're generating profit from it. You know, I'd started three other businesses and never made it up to start up. One was a custom crop spraying. Um, gee, I can't remember what the other ones were. One was, <laughs> one, one was a network marketing deal that, that mm-hmm. you know, we were, had, had actually started growing pretty good and it died. Um, I started a uh, soil sampling company right? We did actually make some sales with that one, but it, it didn't, it fizzled out, right? I think it was more of an excuse so I could go buy a big four by four and rip around in the fields. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta bring you back to, I, I, I don't think I got the, the answer I was looking right. to get out of that one question because we got off topic. You're in the line because here's a lot of my listeners, if you're listening to this, and I say this on every podcast, anybody's listening to my podcast more than once, is someone who has that splinter in their brain that there's something else that they're trying to get into their life, whether that be in business or finances or health or relationships, doesn't really matter, but they want to change something. I want you to, to, to be that person for a moment who's sitting in a lunchroom by themselves, reading over and over and over again, four pages of a book until it got in there. What was it in you? Do you think at that time that made you or allowed you to keep doing that every day before you just threw up your hands and said, oh, man, this just isn't for me. What, what kept you going? I, I had a dream. Um, I've always been a big dreamer. Um, I mean, even, even back in high school when I was in the drafting class, you know, and we were asked to draft a project where everybody was draft your, draft your home. And the teacher said, draft your dream home. So I did. I drafted a 6,000 square foot house and everybody else was drafting 1,100 square foot house. Right. And mine was huge vaulted ceilings, the whole works. And, and I was always had that ability to be a visionary, like to see something that was, you know, most people would think that's impossible. Why would you do that? That's crazy. But I've always had that in me to do that. So when I started reading, think and grow rich, it helped me to realize that there is a potential to have a better life for me and my family. Right. One that one that wasn't just living in in, you know, old rental houses, living broken down trucks and and just, you know, living paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. I wanted something bigger and better. Right. And so, you know, fast forward, you know, a bunch of years, I get into my oil field service business and I realize here's a huge opportunity because I've seen the opportunity in the oil patch. I decided, hey, I can do this better than that guy right? This hasn't been done. I can do it. I know I can do it. So let's go do it. So I just had to figure out a way from the time I planted the seed of I can do this to when I actually executed on my first project was four years. Wow. So, so I, I, I'm not to interrupt you, but man, there's so much good stuff in here, man. I gotta, I gotta chop it into pieces because I, I always try to sit when I'm on this side of the, the computer screen and the microphone, I'm sitting in the seat of that person who maybe is, you know, no matter what age they're at that stage of their life where they are unsatisfied with something and they want to make a change. So what, tell me about like what obstacles did you have to overcome in that just to keep going down that road of personal development in that age, like in that stage, you're in that trailer or wherever you are, you're reading that book, you're going through it. 
and you're trying to move forward into different things, being that dreamer, what were some of the biggest obstacles that you had to overcome? Not money, not how to do it. I mean, in here, in those six inches between your ears. That, that, was, that was probably one of the biggest ones because I, when I look back, you know, there was a ton of naysayers in my world. You know, my parents, for one, didn't want us to, you know, don't do that. It's not going to work out well for you. You're going to, you know, they didn't want me to fail, right? Mm-hmm. And and I just, I knew I could do something different. I knew I could do something better. I didn't know what it was. And the the mindset was really, as long as I kept feeding myself this this food of I could do better and I could get around people that can encourage me, I'll, I'll start moving forward. You know, that was back in 1992, I think, when I first quit drinking and smoking, right? Mm-hmm. So I really didn't, you know, I, I, I'd grown through the ranks of, of mid-management when I was working for Alberta Wheat Pool to become a facility manager. And I, I was getting some of that business acumen and I was growing up the corporate ladder. But I was, you know, I was doing a lot of good things, but I still wasn't where I wanted to be because I knew there was more. Mm-hmm. I just somehow knew inside my heart there was something bigger, better for me out there. I just didn't know how to get it. I didn't know how to open it up, so to speak. Right. So would you say, because <clears throat> this, I, I see this all the time. Um, would you say that that one of the biggest challenges you had to overface was kind of the opinions of your friends, families, and neighbors and kind oh, of get through true. that? So how, how did you, like, give me a couple of things that you would do for yourself. You go, you went and talked to your buddy or your neighbor or your, or your family, and they rained on something you mentioned to you that you mentioned to them. What was a couple of little things that you used to do that would help move you past that? Well, I, I honestly, I don't remember where I heard it from, but somebody told me once, be wary of where you get your information, mm. be wary of who you ask for advice. Mm-hmm. And one piece of advice that I got was, you know, if you're going to go ask your mom and dad for financial advice, do they have the results on the tree from their own financial wisdom? Mm-hmm. And, and I looked at that and I looked at my mom and dad and I went, well, no, not really. So I started looking around about who I could ask. Right. Um, and I, and I think it was in, in one of Norman's books or uh, maybe it was Dale Carnegie where he talks about, you know, getting a, getting a, a wealthy individual take him out for lunch and just get the crumbs off his table. Right. Right. Just so that you could get that little bit of wisdom to, to move forward. Right. We're, we're the sum of the five people we associate with the most. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like where you're at, find better people to inspire you to grow. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a spot where I, I think, you know, most people will be pretty happy with where they're at, but I, I'm not where I want to be. I have bigger things to do. So mm-hmm. I try to get around people that inspire me to be better to get better, to grow bigger. And as long as I continue to do that, I'm going to continue to grow. Our, our minds, and I, I didn't find this out till just, you know, within, within the last year, uh, last summer I took a, a, a habits program. Our brains are, are full of a lot of negativity because of everything that's gone on in our life, right? And mindset is so huge. And I'm, one of the, I'm, I'm probably one of the biggest ones that suffer with negative mindset because I've got a really dark past because of my alcoholism, I've done a lot of bad things and made a lot of mistakes. You know, I've, I've been arrested and it's, it's not when I look back at it, I go, how, how can I help people? <laughs> right. I've got a, I'm the guy that your mom warned you to stay the hell away from. <laughs> right. And how can, how am I going to help people? Right. 
and so when I started looking at how our brain works, and I got really into reading some books on brains this last six months or so last year, um, Joe Dispenza's All of Your Brain, The Power of Decision, right? Uh, I can't remember who the author is, but it was written quite a few years ago. And they talk about the guidance system on a torpedo. So it gives you an idea how old that is, right? Back in the 50s or 60s. But those, those books kind of help me to understand how if you, if you can connect a goal to where you are today and you can build the emotion and the feeling into how you're going to feel when you achieve that goal, you can continually work towards it and continually adjust your course and hit it. I love it. And for, from the time I've read my first book until last year, I could never really connect the emotion to that, to that goal mm-hmm. because I was always alcoholic. I was always drinking. I was always, I was always the actor and not the real human being. Right. And so when I learned how to be me, I, all of a sudden I'm realizing I have this imposter syndrome kicking in because when I was drinking, it was easy to act. I could put on the suit, walk out, go make deals. It was great. Um, now I'm trying to be authentic and, and trying to be the real me and the honest me and to be accountable to me. And I can't lie. I can't, I can't be fake. So the imposter syndrome kicks in big time. And so when I look at how my brain works, with all that negativity inside, I look at it, it's like, it's like the, the gang members, you know, like the, the streets of LA run the streets in my brain. And so when I try to come in and introduce a, a new good thought, they're saying, hey, buddy, this is our hood. Get out or we're, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Well, the only way I can fight against that is I started using the power of affirmations. You know, I've been, I listen to Tony Robbins. I listen to Gary Vaynerchuk. I listen to Todd Herman. I listen to a bunch of different podcasts by some really great people. And they give me that ammunition so I can go into my brain and I can fight street by street to take it back. And I'll be honest, when I first started saying my first affirmations uh, back in July, June or July of last year, my brain said, bullshit. Mm-hmm. Every affirmation, bullshit. Right? So my affirmations start up, I'm a good person. I love conditionally. Success comes to me easily. My brain's going, bullshit. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, man. Right? But that was, that was back in June. So it's almost been a year now. And two months ago, my eighth affirmation came true, which was, I'm ready for the world to hear my story. And so I got in front of a group of men, 25 men, and I shared with them my story about you know, all the chaos in my back life and everything. And I connected with half that audience that said, you know, hey, I... I don't have to be who I am. I can change, right? Because they seem that I could change. And if I can change, I know anyone can, right? You don't have to be, I mean, if you're, if you're choosing to stay where you are, that's because your choice, right? You can make a different choice. I love it. And you can change your brain by pushing affirmations into your brain to take the streets back from the gangs. I love it. When you take the streets back from the gangs, right? Um, I think it was Dale Carnegie said, whatever the mind of man can achieve and can believe, can conceive, he can believe, he can achieve. Mm-hmm. Because everything we do happens first in our mind. Well, if you own the streets in your mind, right, as soon as you set your course, this is what I want, and you can connect the emotion to the goal, man, you're on your way there, right? I love it. As soon as I connected the emotion to the goal that I wanted for my family, I'm getting goosebumps and emotional just thinking about it. 
because it's powerful. And, and, and it just, things started happening. Like I got in the flow and things started moving forward. Right. Almost, almost without my control. Right. Mm -hmm. My higher power just said, okay, Hey, now you're ready. Let's do it. Right. Fantastic. That's so good. Wes, you've got like, I've made a bunch of notes here, but I think that's the first time I've ever heard the analogy of uh, winning the battle in your brain street by street against the gangs. I mean, I teach much the same kind of stuff and I use different languages, but man, that was really, really powerful. Um, I want to ask you one quick question and then I want to dig into kind of what you're doing now a little bit more because you know, what you're doing now, I want everyone to listen. What we're going to talk about is how to grow businesses and how to create new business for, for, cause honestly, that's the, at the end of the day, having had businesses that failed much like yourself, the solution to most business problems is more business and more sales. Like that fixes a lot of stuff. Right. But anyway, we'll get into that in a minute. But, um, imposter syndrome tips because i think that's something that a lot of us go through so you 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 go through that phase where you're like okay i really have a message i want to get out in the world and then you look at other people and you go oh wait who the hell am i to share that so what what, give me a couple of things that you've done specifically for yourself to be able to kind of overcome those 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 moments absolutely absolutely so the first thing if you have imposter syndrome get excited because it means you're a real human being (laughs) And you're an honest human being because if you did not have imposter syndrome, you're probably not honest, (laughs) right? So get, you know, if you're feeling imposter syndrome, that's a good thing, right? So turn it to your advantage. One of the things I used in addition to my affirmations to get through the imposter syndrome, and this is, this is, for me, it was one of the most powerful things. I remember years ago, I went on a leadership program and they, they made us write a letter to our future self 12 months out and, and they mailed it back to us after the program was over 12 months later. And I, and I, I went through another podcast here just not that long ago and they talked about the same thing. And then I got thinking about like, but what if you wrote a letter of your future self? So I wrote a letter from myself 12 months in the future saying, here's what we've achieved because the actions you took today. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I essentially drew out my dream, my, my perfect life, in advance said this is what we're doing and i took i took a perfect day from my wife and i waking up in the morning looking out over the lake from our balcony window right and and all the things that we got to do that day with my son and our coaching and then even right into that month where all the trips we got to take and spend with our family doing the fun things and and i connected it in a way with so much emotion when i wrote that that i had tears streaming down my face I'm mm-hmm. emotional, you know, just thinking about because when you can connect your desire outcome that strongly, you're going to achieve it. Dude. And, and most business owners don't connect their goals, their business goals, to what it's going to do for their family. Like, how is this going to impact your family when you get here? Think about the things that you're going to get to do. What's going to be your reward when you achieve that goal? And when you get to that point where you can connect the passion and the emotion to your reward for achieving that business goal, then doesn't matter what gets in the way, you're going to figure out a way to get around it up and down over, or just like me, blast right through it and get to that goal. Because now there's a reason for it. It's your reason why. 
right? And I'll be honest, I read my affirmations every morning and that letter every morning. Mm-hmm. And because I do those affirmations and I read that letter, I take back the streets in my brain one street at a time. Powerful. It is. It's so powerful. powerful. I love it. Dude, I've got I've got goosebumps listening to that story. And you know what? You hit on something so, so true. And it's such an important part of when we work with somebody on goal setting, it doesn't matter what part of your life. It really makes no difference, whether it's health, finances, business, relationships. It's the same process. You say the goal, but then why and what does it do and how will you feel? Now you're making stuff happen, right? I love it. Listen, <clears throat> We're going to be running short on time. I know we both got appointments after this because we're busy guys, but tell me about business impact. That's your, that's your current deal. What exactly is that and what do you do? So, so business impact was kind of born out of my bankruptcy, right? Like when I went bankrupt in 2015 with my whole field service business, mm-hmm. my wife and I lost everything. We went bankrupt right at Christmas. I think we filed for bankruptcy like three or four days before Christmas. Just not good. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was suicidal for several months after that. So I had to leave all my guns locked in the gun cabinet and, and, and I just didn't trust myself. And how do I reinvent myself? Now I'm a failure as a dad, as a husband, because now I can't, I can't provide for my family. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only, not only did I fail a business, I can't, I'm a failure as a dad. What do I do? And so myself and about a hundred thousand other guys were applying for every possible job under the sun got nothing until a coaching firm, two of them actually, um, sent me back my resume and said, yeah, we'd like to interview. And one was in Toronto, one was in Calgary. And because I was living in Calgary, of course, I went with the one in Calgary and got involved with them and the, and the culture and, the, and the, how they were helping business owners just resonated so much with what I went through. I'm going like, I can't not do this, mm-hmm. right? I had a couple other business ventures in the go. I had a, um, uh, water uh, water reclamation program that we're trying to get launched we're looking for investment and we're also doing a, um, a, a well site reclamation program neither one of them got out of out of startup because we didn't find the funding mm-hmm. but I said I can do this and so through trial and error through hard knocks and a whole bunch of other things including putting my daughter through long-term drug treatment and then of course putting her in there to save her life and I saved my own I come out of it you know, in May, I think it was May. So a year ago, a year ago now, my business is now a year old. I've, I've worked for a couple other coaching firms. This is now my firm. And so what we do is we focus on helping business owners, especially in the construction service industry, because that's my background. That's what mm-hmm. I know. Um, and with a lean towards environmental sustainability, because I'm, I never used to think of myself as a tree hugger, but growing up in Kelowna, <laughs> Uh, obviously it rubbed off on me that I want to protect my environment. I want to protect our family's future so that our kids can see our great planet. Right. And so what I do is I help business owners in that 500,000 to 5 million range that have five employees or more figure out what it is they need to do to keep their business growing forward. Because when you start, when you, when you're in startup, it's intuitive, you know, you need to go do sales. Mm -hmm. Right. But once you hire people and you start, dealing with all the chaos of that extra complexity of more staff. And now you got to manage sales staff and delivery. How does that all work together? Well, that's where I come in. I can help, help manage, set up processes and systems to have that. I have a 12 step process 
that I work everybody through. And it's coincidental that I'm an alcoholic and I use a 12 step <laughs> process. <laughs> right. But it, everybody needs to have a 12 step program, even business owners. And so that's why I created this 12 step process. And the first three steps in the process are, are marketing and sales and goal setting. Right. Love it. You so, so I'm going to, I'm going to dig in there. Um, what I'd like you to do is, I mean, there's no way we can go through your program in the time we have left. So let's, let's go with one thing, one thing you you're now talking to somebody who's in that stage of business where they're like, okay, I've, I'm starting to run out of, I'm starting to run out of me. I don't have enough time to get everything done. I've got too many plates I'm spinning, right? That's a typical solopreneur, entrepreneur, maybe got a couple of staff, you know, what one thing, would you tell them today? Wow. There's if so overwhelm. Let's let's go with overwhelm. I typically do um, I do weekly webinars with three three strategies you can do to double your revenue. Mm -hmm. um, but overwhelm is the biggest thing that business owners are still dealing with, especially in COVID, with the, the pandemic and everything. You know, the future is so uncertain, we don't know what's going on. So you have all these questions and what's going on in your brain. And, and actually later today at, uh, I'm not even sure what time it is now. I think it's at three o'clock. I think, um, I have an on-demand training that is specifically for what I call the download. And that is how to get out of the overwhelm. So really the easiest way to do it is, is, um, take a piece of paper, draw a T graph, right? And on the left side, write down all the stuff that's keeping you up in there. Don't, don't prejudge anything. Just do it. I call it brain dump. Just download everything that's on your brain that's going through your noodle, right? And as, a, as an alcoholic, I got some batshit crazy going on up here. So if <laughs> I leave it up there and I don't put it on paper, I can't function, right? And, and when I'm overwhelmed, it makes it a hundred times harder for me to get focused on anything I need to do, let alone, you know, do the most important things, right? So I have to download, I have to dump all this stuff out. And then I look at, and once I've got it on the page, I can identify if I take action on this one item, will I change the outcome? And if I do, what action can I take? And then write it down. And then the next one, do the same thing. And then what you want to do is prioritize what's the most important one to do first. Love it. Right? But there's also a bunch on that list that you'll identify that you're worrying about for need, no reason because you can't control the outcome. Right on scratch them off your list. That's probably the most important part is, is identify those ones that you can't control the outcome of, scratch them off your list Fantastic. Right? and move forward. That's the biggest thing. T graph, write it down. There's a, uh, I'm, I'm not even, I should, probably not shouldn't easy. try this quote. There's a, there's a quote uh, I just heard and I'm going to get it wrong, but I'll put it in the show notes. It's um, thoughts are disentangled as they cross your lips through pencil tips. <laughs> that's a good one. <clears throat> I can't remember who said it, but uh, I got it from a, a, a Michael Hyatt said it on a podcast. I was listening to fantastic uh, quote. Um, so what's your three favorite songs? Three favorite songs. Oh, wow. Um, Def Leppard uh, will be um, Rock of Ages. <laughs> right on. Rise up, burn it down kind of thing. That's, that gets me motivated. Um, Black Eyed Peas, Pump It. Mm -hmm. that gets me stoked if i have to do some cold calling i get going and then it's an oldie from way back ghost rider in the sky oh, i grew up yeah. with johnny cash right? um and i'm gonna throw a fourth one in there is ultimate you want to get emotional 
Amazing Grace. Oh, yeah. On the bagpipes. Nothing better. Nothing better in my money, right? Yeah. Powerful stuff. What, uh, what's your favorite word? Focus. Why? I think, I think it's because I don't have enough of it. I have <laughs> syndrome. And so when I'm talking with my clients, I talk about focus and I talk with my son, it's focus. And then I go, ah, I got to focus, <laughs> right? Because it's, you know, when I point at something, there's three fingers pointing back at me. And, and that's probably my biggest weakness is, is my inability to focus. And because it is a weakness, I do focus on trying to do more of it, right? Right. Yeah, I get that. And, you know, I have a lot of the same things in, in my practice because it's, we teach the thing we most need to learn, Wes, is something I was taught a long time ago, right? Um, what do you not, well, we just talked about that. I'm going to skip on to something else. Room, desk, or car? What do you clean first? My room. Because it, it's, uh, there's a really good video, a really good um, YouTube video about an admiral doing a graduation speech to some kids and uh, he's an ex Navy SEAL and what he says in that in that video about starting with making your bed and cleaning your room squaring your life away it starts in your bedroom and and that's so powerful because when I when I was in the army that's what we had to do we squared everything away first thing in the morning like boom right and then mm -hmm. you you get back and it's it's a good feeling to know everything's squared away Right. If you were to look in my office right now, it's not squared away. <laughs> it's organized confusion, but my bedroom's clean. I love it. What um what's the most motivating event or thought that you can remember? That one thing that made a big switch in your life that motivated you to make a change. Well, there's been so many. Um wow. You know, I think I think probably one of the biggest the biggest ones for me was my second date with my wife um, when we were still dating. I sat her down and I said, you know, if we're going to make this work, we need to be honest. We have to have an open, honest relationship. And, and I opened my life. I pull, opened the closet. All the skeletons came out. And it, it wasn't so much motivational, but it was, it was a soul-bearing moment. And, and that changed everything for me because my wife is, is such a huge supporter of, of mine that I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for her, for sure. Mm -hmm. And because of that honesty on our second date, you know, I just, I, hey, this is the guy you're getting involved with here. It's not who I am today. It's who I used to be. This is all the bad shit I've done in my life. And I said, if you don't want to stay, I'll take you home. No big deal. She stayed that night. And we've been together ever since. I love and it. We've had some good times. We've had some rough times. But our relationship keeps getting better because we're willing to work at doing the hard stuff. We don't just, you know, hey, you know, life's all wonderful. Get married. Live happily ever after. When the butterflies are gone, we get divorced. No. No. We're, we're going to be old, wrinkled, walking down the beach hand in hand. Probably naked at some point because we forgot where we put our clothes. I love it. That is so fantastic. And so much wisdom. You know, that's one of the comments that Vanessa and I get all the time is people look to us because of our relationship and, and they think it's just because it, it's special. Well, it is special, but that special takes a pile of work. It does. Absolutely. Anything worthwhile requires work. I don't care what it is. And if it doesn't require work, it's not worthwhile. It's just, 
just a truth that you can take to the bank in life. Listen, I got to ask you a couple more questions here. Um, what one thing would you want my listeners to do today? If, if they seen value, if they heard value out of anything that I shared today, take action, take action. Cause nothing happens unless you take a step forward. True story. If you're not willing to do that and you don't like where you're at, get used to it because it's not going to change. But if you don't want to be there, take action. Powerful it's hard. Sense. It's scary. It's ugly. But you know what? If you take one small step today and you keep taking a small step tomorrow, you know what? A year from now, you'll be in a totally different place. Love different. it. Love it. Where can people find you, Wes? What's the best place for people to find you? Uh, we're on Facebook, Business Impact Coaching. Um, actually, it's Business Impact Online or Business Impact Coaching. Either one. I've got two uh, pages. Uh, or the website, which is business-impact.ca. Got it. I'll make sure all those links are in the show notes, guys. Yeah. Um, listen, listeners, if you've ever wanted to make a change and you look at yourself and say, who am I? You know, my background doesn't, doesn't oh. speak to being a successful person or my background says, hey, you can't do that. Listen, there in behind everybody who's ever achieved anything there's a story like Wes's, a story like mine, bankrupt twice, lost a house. You know, like you look at everyone with success, there's a story of someone who came through a challenge because the truth of the matter is, guys, you don't get the testimony without the test. So I hope you got something from listening today with Wes. Um, it was a fantastic interview. There's so much more. I'd like to do this again sometime. There's so much more that we can dig into, uh, right. you know, to share, man. And I think there's some some absolute gold in there. But for my listeners today, guys, I want you to go out and make today a fantastic day. And remember that you got this. We'll see you next time. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to That Motivational Guy podcast. I hope you got some value from this. Uh, as my thanks to you, please accept a free gift from us. Go to thatmotivationalguy.com slash change and download a free webinar course that my wife Vanessa and I did on how to change anything in your life. Anything. No strings attached. Don't even have to enter an email address to get the course. It's just our gift and our thanks from us to you. If after going through the course, you do get something from it, you'll have a chance to subscribe to more good stuff at that point in time, but only after we've proven that there's some value for it. Again, thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review pretty please, and then go out and make it a fantastic day.